welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast. Really excited to have you here again this week. I'm always excited to be able to talk with you and to really learn and grow with all of you, especially in these crazy times that we're in. It's so important for us to connect and be able to connect in different ways. And for us to be able to connect this way is really important. I think it's important for all of us to be able to have these opportunities to be able to connect with one another. Today, I am excited to be able to have a a guest that I've talked to in the past, not on this show, but on another show that I used to do. And his name is David Domzalski. And David runs a, a site called Run the Money. And I thought it was really important because... As all of us are going through these uncertain times, money tends to be something that I continuously hear about, whether it be that your nest egg is disappearing, that money is is tight, people are, people are unemployed. You know, there's lots of things that are going on that are impacting people in different ways. And because of that, it's important to be able to have these conversations and talk about them. So really excited to have him on. David, thanks so much for joining us today. Chris, thanks for having me. Well, I am so excited to be able to have you back again today. It's been a little bit of time since last we talked. But today, what I want to do first is to talk about you and your daughter before we talk about money, because the last time we talked, you didn't have a daughter. So it's really exciting for me to be able to get some of your perspectives right now, now that you do have a daughter. So to start off today, I want to turn the clock back in time. When you first found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter, what was your reaction? You know, you know it's kind of funny. My wife and I had always said that we wanted one of each. And the first thought I, th- I had, and I told my wife, I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> two. <laughs> That's it. We're cutting it off at two. <laughs> but in, in all honesty, I was, um, you know, I obviously, you know, I, I grew up in a household where I, I had two younger brothers. And I, I didn't know the one thing about what it meant to uh, raise a daughter or even be having have a lot of girls in my life other than my wife and you know girls I dated previously. Uh, so I, I was I, I got to be honest, I don't know how other dads have felt, but I know I felt a little petrified. I mean, you know I I, I thought it would be um, exciting and, a, and a, a definitely a journey and it has been. but at the same time, uh, you know I know what it takes to be a guy, but I had no idea where to start. So I was, I was basically at the mercy of, uh, uh, of God. I needed him to help me out a big time. <laughs> I think so many of us have similar situations like that, where we may not have grown up with a sister or have been in a family where there's strong females, where we have to learn about that because we are males and we're different in that regard. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think all of us go through that in different ways. Now your daughter is too. What would you say has been the most challenging part of being a father to a daughter? Well, you know, having my son first, uh, you know, we got used to parenting a certain way. And, uh, you know, we, you know, a, a, as happens, you kind of get into a rhythm and you, and you think that, all right, you know, maybe we got this thing down. We're, we're starting to get it. We're, you know, we're, we're doing okay. And then as my daughter got older and they started interacting together and we started seeing those different personalities, I, I began to realize, uh, you know, what everyone seemed to talk about, about her having uh, you wrapped around her finger. And she does. All she has to do is make that pouty face. And I'm like, okay, whatever you want. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm more, I just, 
uh, you know, I, I, I melt and I'm just, you know, I, I just give her whatever she wants. And that's obviously that's a problem, but you know, it's something that I'm learning that, you know, I need to take a step back and kind of assess the situation because, you know, while it may be cute at two, when she's 16, it's going to have a lot, <laughs> much different ramifications. So uh, you know, that's something that I have struggled with and I know other fathers have struggled with. So, um, and, and then just in general, you know, raising a girl versus raising a boy. I mean, I just need to be so much more in tune with her, um, you know, her feelings. And my, and my wife keeps trying to remind me of that, not only for our relationship together, but then also as a father that, you know, my role is really important. And, you know, you see so many things in the news or depicted in movies or whatever about, you know, a, a girl not having that dad around. And, you know, I'm, I'm beginning to realize how important uh, it is for, for boys, but also especially for girls to have that strong male figure in their lives. Um, so I'm, I'm still, uh, God help me, I'm still working to try to be that, uh, that ideal. You know, I think we all have to work on that ideal. And as years go by, that ideal changes and you have to make adjustments as they get older and as you get older as well. So as you're thinking about this and as you're thinking about the raising of your daughter in today's society, what would you say is your biggest fear in raising a daughter today? My biggest fear? Um, I, I actually think it's the same for both children, and that's that they don't come back home. We, we've had, especially on, on my side, had some struggles with with my family. And it's been uh, something to where, you know, I've been estranged from my parents at different times. And I think that... Um, that is that is a bit of a fear of mine. Uh, not not in that I'm, it's going to go down the same path, but in seeing how it plays out when you know I, when as a parent you're you're more focused on yourself than your children. I don't I don't want the generational sin to continue. So that is something that I'm constantly mindful of. I fail at it often, but I'm constantly mindful of that, and I try to be the first to apologize. Obviously you should with kids or, or anybody really, but I try to really make it that, you know, Hey, daddy screwed up here. Um, daddy shouldn't have said this or shouldn't have done that, uh, as a way to, you know, break down that barrier and let them know that, you know, I'm, I love them very much and that, uh, you know, all I want to do is, uh, be there for them and support them in any way that I can. And I just hope that something that I'm able to carry through, uh, throughout the course of their lives. You know, I think that's all we can do is keep learning, keep trying, know that we're going to make mistakes because we are going to make mistakes. We're only human and we have to show our children that we're not superheroes, even though sometimes we want to be seen as superheroes, but that it's okay to make mistakes and that even dads are going to make mistakes. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, at the beginning today, I talked about, we're going to talk about finances. But before we do that, what I want to do is have you talk about your site, Run the Money, because I know not everyone has had the chance to be able to learn from you and, and see your site before. So give me some of the history of this site. Why did you decide to start writing about it, start talking about money, financing, and finances, and parenting, and and give us some background in regards to that? Absolutely. Well, I've always been, I mean, for the last 10 years, I'd say, I've been in the personal finance space and also it, it kind of graduated into entrepreneurship. And I've had other sites in the past as well and, and different uh, different things that I was focused on, different side hustles, you could say. But Run the Money came together in 2017 as a way to 
bridge the gap of my uh, interest in money and my desire to help folks in that in that realm, and then also my love of running. And so I, I brought those two together as a way to you know you know because to me you know it money health how we go about our lives it all comes down to a certain mindset and having that that type of growth mindset whether it's you know changing your the concept of how you view money and your relationship to it and then also just the impact of everything that we do and that on our health. Uh, so I, I discuss things like making money, money management. I get into I get into health. I get even get into some running tips, and also get into other interests that I've had over the years, like real estate and you know living the kind of lifestyle you want, and even family travel because uh, that's something you know as we've expanded our family, that's something we've been more and more interested in. And then even you know focusing on uh, you know popular trends or or things that are going on right now, uh, especially like the coronavirus. We as soon as that went down. I scramble to kind of get as much information as I could about that up there. And you'll even see a coronavirus tab on there just to, as a way to uh, hyper-focus uh, folks on what they really need to account for uh, going forward, not only just with money, but with health as well. You know, I really appreciate that because I think that when people start to think about money, they think a lot of times about the long-term aspects, but especially today when people might be out of jobs, they're seeing things happen with their money, that it's disappearing in different ways, that it's hard to do that. And it's hard to reframe that for themselves. And I know that a lot of times looking at a budget and looking at what you're spending every month is a good way to start. But when you're in these situations where you're looking day to day or you're looking month to month, it's hard to have that budget and to maintain that budget. So what would you say to someone when you're talking to them about setting up a budget in these uncertain times? What would you say to them to be able to start thinking about a budget in that way? Well, I, I think people need to realize that we're at the point now where there is there is no certainty right now. And, and you, especially about money, that's not something you really want to say. But long-term planning right now I don't want to say it's out the window. I, I still think there it's possible. It's still possible to go in and try to make money in the stock market. You know, you're you're depending on how you're diversified and how you talk it over with your your, your financial planner. Um, you know, your 401k and your other investments. You know, should be okay in the long run, even though you know we have our ups and downs. Uh, but I should say I I am not a financial advisor, so you should go talk to a professional. But in terms of budgeting. You know, it, it's it's so it's so frustrating because you know you you come into the year and you have a plan. You maybe you have vacations that you've budgeted for, or you know house projects, whatever it is, things for ki kids' activities in school. All that is out the window, and we all need to realize that we're at a point where it's a hard reset for all of us. I mean, we have we have family friends who went out, and as soon as you know, things started trickling, trickling in about this crisis and things were being shut down and runs on toilet paper and stuff like that. They went out and they stockpiled for a month. So their weekly budget was completely shot. And, you know, they're, they're like freezing milk and buying, buying toilet paper in bulk and everything that they can do because, you know, you know, fear over, you know, takes over in so many aspects so that the rational side of your brain where you can sit down and budget, you, you can just forget about it. But, you know, as we started getting used to this, quote unquote, new normal and we're social distancing and, you know, we're, quote, staying at home and doing all those things and you have a chance to reassess. And we're at the point now where we're about a month into this. I actually before our uh, before we hit record, I was looking at 
the, the, the coronavirus tab that I put up. And the first thing I put up was from March 14th. So believe it or not, as we're recording here on April 14th, we're a month into this. But so now is the time, you know, you, you can stop, you can hit pause and you can say, all right, it's still uncertain. I may not have, I, I may not have a job, but I'm collecting unemployment. You know, I, I'm getting a stimulus check in here. You know, I, I know my wife and I just got ours for us and our kids. What are we going to do with that money? Okay, we may be only to we we may only be able to plan for two weeks at a time, but we can still plan. We can still save money, and we can still prioritize what we need to do. You're not paying for things like daycare. You're you're not paying for a, for a gym membership. You know there are certain things that were taken off of your plate that you can take that money and divert it to something else. You can divert it to things like paying down debt. You can divert it to things like. You, you know, your bottom line, you know, like Robert Kiyosaki always said, pay yourself first. We'll take those things and automatically deposit those into a savings account. Those are some of the things that you can do now. And, you know, now that we're in a period of adjustment and we're, and we're past the panic, at least I hope so for, for many of us, uh, you can begin to make some rational decisions again. And that's where I would start. It is so important to be able to get past that panic stage because you know there were definitely people that were going out and they were stockpiling and they were doing things that they could do to be able to try and give themselves peace of mind that everything would be okay if they prepared prepared and planned and got things ready. But the reality is, is that we are getting past this and, and we are moving past this. You know, we're getting to a plateau and viruses are, the virus counts are starting to, to level off, which is great. But as we look toward the future and we start to think about the future, how do we get to a new place of normal? And how do we start thinking about the future and planning for a future in a new normal? Well, I think now is a perfect time to think about what I always what I always tell people to focus on is the, you know, the, the expenses that you absolutely have to have, like no matter what it is, you have to have a roof over your head, you have to eat, you have to get gas to travel to work. Those are expenses that are you can't compromise on. But now, when things are sh- are, are beginning to where we're beginning to be shut down and will be shut down for the foreseeable future. What are some things that you can get rid of? Like, you know, are there activities that your kids, you know, don't really love? Um, and you're, they're just in it because of your nostalgia for it. You know, maybe we get rid of that. Or, and, and, and maybe we, we save up for something else in the future. Uh, you know, maybe you, you don't, you're not always making it to, that, to the gym, but you keep paying for it because you're like, you know what? Tomorrow's the day. I'm going. And then tomorrow comes and you don't go. Well, maybe instead of, you know, just paying that, that you're not, you're just never going to make it because you don't have the time and you don't dedicate to it, go for a run instead. Or, you know, can you get some weights off of Facebook marketplace or something like that and work out, you know, on your lunch break or, or, or something. Think of different things where, you know, you're realizing now as you're sitting here, you're a month into this and it's like, you know what, I'm not really missing X, Y, and Z. So get rid of X, Y, and Z and divert those funds. I would say divert half immediately into savings prioritize savings now because if you haven't noticed, you know, if you if you had an emergency fund and you lost your job, you know what? I I, I pray to God that you're stemming the tide and that you what you saved is enough. But now I, I've actually seen some other personal finance bloggers on Twitter mentioning this. You know, is now a time to to write about having an emergency fund. 
because she felt like she was taking advantage of the situation. And I think now is the time to re-educate people if they're not, if they didn't think it was important before, it should be paramount now. And, you know, 10 years ago when I, I, I saw a lot of this prepper stuff come out, I would have thought you were crazy. Uh, and my wife, especially, even when I brought it up to her and, you know, kind of kicking it around, I'm like, well, you think there's something to this? Well, here we are a decade later and there was, you know, and, and so I'm not saying like stockpiling for the next, uh, for the, for a, a nuclear war or anything like that, but just having some extra on hand because what, what happens often when something like this happens, you know, you're going to have, you're going to probably see, and I, I'm not a futurist or anything, but I, I think a lot of us can make this deduction. You're going to see a lot of, um, uh, you know, a lot of people just kind of jumping on it again. So, you know, we, we get past the, this coronavirus, but then maybe there's something else and they're, they're scared that it's going to be like the coronavirus. So they start shutting things down. Well, you're going to be in a position again where, where you're, where you're stuck. You know, you're stuck without an emergency fund. You're stuck without having some extra stuff on hand. So when we come out of this, you know, joining something like a, like a BJ's or a Sam's club or whatever it is, and just having a little bit extra so that God forbid we, we have to go through this again, at least you're prepared and you're not worried about how, how you're going to, you know, whether or not you're going to have aspirin or whether or not you're going to have, um, uh, food for the family, you know, things like canned goods and stuff like that stock up on that. I think having a preparation line item on your budget, I, I think it's, I think that's become important. And again, this isn't something I would have recommended even a couple years ago, even a couple months ago. But, you know, when things happen, you have to adjust. And that means you have to adjust how, how you're going to handle things going forward. And then I, I also, I think that, you know, you, you have an opportunity here with, uh, to make more money. And especially if you're, maybe you're collecting unemployment now and you're sitting at home with, maybe you're taking care of kids, maybe you're not. Uh, now's the time to, to assess what skills you have. And what skills you can offer, particularly in an online environment. Things like Zoom have taken off. Uh, there, there, there are so many easy ways to put together content for things that you know about it. Hey, are you a good writer? Can you speak well? Are, are you comfortable being on camera? Can you just sit down and do Facebook Lives about, about things that you're uh, talented in? And that could be anything. You know, you, you have a, you also have an opportunity if you're somebody that's been thinking about getting into the healthcare field, guess what? The door is knocking right now. We need people like you. They were bringing uh, retired nurses uh, out of retirement, especially in New York, to help stem the tide of some of this. You know, go back and get that education online and get out there. You can be out there. Uh, I don't know exactly what all the requirements are, but within probably 24 months, you can be out there uh, serving the people because this kind of stuff is not going to be going away. You know, the government's doubling down on things like pandemic responses and, uh, and coronavirus resp uh, responses. They even started an, an inspector general. You're going to see, um, you know, more government jobs come out because of this. I hate to say that it's an opportunity, but it is, but it, it's not a, you know, a me first opportunity. It's an opportunity to serve and to use your talents to serve others. So you can do it on a micro level at home with your budget, and you can do it at a macro level with uh, you know, enhancing your skill set and sharing that with the world. You are so right that there are sometimes mindsets that we get in that can be negative and that we can 
really focus on the negative in our lives, but it's so important to be able to know that there are positive things that are happening and seeing the kindness that people are giving and some of the positive things about supporting businesses and just so many positive things that can come out of this time that is so uncertain at this point. Now, as you look at these conversations and conversations that you can be having with others, conversations that you have within your own family. One of the things that comes to mind is this is an important time as you're looking at your finances to also bring your kids into these conversations and to allow for them to be able to understand what's going on. As you're talking to people about that, what are some of the things that you say to them about conversations that you can have with your kids about money? Absolutely. Well, you know, I think you can even start with kids as young as mine. And just, you know, they they get fascinated by the looks of the coins and things like that. But, you know, just having them understand the value of something, you know, setting something up like, yeah, my, my kids love to play like they're like like they're part of a grocery store. Well, setting it up and just helping them understand, you know, you know, this, this is worth one, this is worth two, this is worth three, and just giving them an opportunity to bring math and also the learning of money into it. But then, you know, as they get older, you know, all of us, I think a lot of times we forget about the value of money. We forget, you know, how much time it takes us to just work for one hour and what that equates to. So that when we go out and we purchase something on Amazon and just, you know, uh, hit, hit, uh, buy now with one click, you know, we forget about, okay, well, you know, how many hours did it take for me to purchase that hundred dollar item? You know, and, and think of, think of things like, especially, especially now, you know, what are you doing with your life? Um, are you happy in the job that you're in? Because all of this, all of it ends up coming back to the money conversation, you know, and then on top of that, you know, we're all home together now, right? Um, we're beginning to see, you know, as somebody that works from home, you're beginning to see how many, how much time that you put into your day. And then on top of that, what that looks like in spending time with your family, you know, because in many ways that's, that's becoming that, that time's becoming blurred as for some people, as they're also taking care of their kids. Well, how important is, is it for you to be home? You know, are, are you enjoying the time at home or are you starting to realize, Hey, you know what? I, I need to be somebody that needs to be, you know, out at an office a couple times, a couple times a week. Um, but, but it, while I have time at home with my family, I'm going to enjoy it because it's not going to, it, it will end someday. And then just having also that conversation with your spouse and getting on the same page, um, you know, about money, you know, are, are you, are you folks that always wanted to have separate bank accounts? You know, maybe you're starting to realize that, you know, your priority is X with what it is, what it is for, for money you want to save, but your, your wife is, she's focused. If she's like mine, she's focused on fixing up the house and doing things like that. Well, coming to an agreement on that happy medium, you know, because we're, we're all home. We're not, we can't go anywhere. You know, you're not going out to a restaurant. You're not distracted by a million different things. Uh, you know, so really making a point to get on the same page with things, you know, get on the same page with how, what the career prospects look like, get on the same page with, are you going to do things like homeschool your kids, which a lot of people, you know, all of us have been kind of forced into, you know, do you like that? You know, it's a, it's a time to reassess some of the things that maybe you never considered. Uh, and it all seems to equate back to that money conversation, whether it's expenses, whether it's income from your job, whether it's, you know, I, I do like working in an online remote environment. 
well, finding, finding a career path that lets you do that. So I, I think while, you know, while yes, we are in a crisis, we are in a pandemic and there are a lot of crazy things going on that we had that we were never even considered. And, you know, unfortunately people are passing away from this, but if you, if you take a step back and, and you just think about your own life, you know, I, I always try to focus on what are some of the positive things that, that can come of this? What are some of the positive things? Like what are the, some of the things I can be grateful for as a result of this? You know, for me, it's, it's having a job where I can work remotely. Uh, you know, I was already teleworking to begin with, but now I get to do it full time right now and, and I'm enjoying it. But I, I've also found that I, I do miss that human interaction, you know, and, and, but at the same time, I get to be home with my children um, for a long period of time. I get to see them when they wake up. And those kind of things are, you can't put a price tag on that. So I, it's understanding, really, I guess, Chris, what, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it, it comes down to what are the non-negotiables for you? And what are the things that you can put a price tag on and the things you can't? And then making sure that you're on the same page with your spouse on that. And then finding ways, whether it's through family game night or just different activities, finding ways to impart that knowledge onto your children, whether they're four and two or whether they're they're 14 and 12 or whether they're 24 and 22. I mean, it's the money conversation can be had at all levels. And I think now is a really unique opportunity to have that because mom and dad are making real time game day, moment by moment decisions that are going to affect the family long term. Well, I really appreciate you sharing all of this today. So many great pieces of advice. I know I was taking notes and I'm sure that you have been taking notes as well as you're listening. It's important to be able to think about money. All of us are in different situations and different circumstances when it comes to money and money can be kind of a a challenging topic to talk about, but it's important to have these conversations, talk about them within your family, talk with, about them uh, with that, with with others as well. And I appreciate, David, you sharing all of this today. Now, we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a father. Are you ready? Yes, ready. In one word, what is fatherhood? Honestly, the, the one word that comes to me is patience. <laughs> I hear that. Now, when was the time that you finally felt like you succeeded as a father to a daughter? When she decided that she wanted me to put her to bed. And that has been, over the last few months, just a very special bonding time between her and I. We sing songs together, mostly Let It Go from Frozen. (laughs) But it's become a very special bonding time for us. How would you say that your kids would describe you as a dad? Uh, Well, I could give you the the lying answer and the answer that probably everyone wants to hear, but I think they would probably describe me, and this is going to sound bad, as Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I do have moments where, you know, um, things are going well with work and, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm in, um, I'm enjoying time. And then, you know, something might happen. I might be stressed about something and I'm not as fun to be around. Um, so that is something that I am really trying to work on. But uh, kids have a way of saying the darndest things, right? And they're very observant. So that is something I am working on. And I encourage other fathers to figure out what those things that they need to work on too, so that they can uh, deepen their, their, their bond with their kids. You know, that's really important because I think that it's important for all of us to be able to acknowledge that we are 
not going to have everything, that we're not going to have all the answers, that we're not going to be able to to be the perfect father in many ways. Now, who inspires you to be a better father? You know, it, it's it's funny. I don't know if you get this answer, but I, I actually, my wife, um, seeing her and the way, she, just the the love that she pours out. She's a stay-at-home mom and she does everything. She goes 24-7. The woman does not stop. And, you know, in in some ways, I'm, I'm envious of that. I wish I had that kind of, that mindset, that selfless mindset. And I aspire to be more selfless like she is. And finally, what advice would you give to other dads? I would say be willing to, I would say be first be willing to take advice and realize that you don't have all the answers and be willing to admit your faults. Um, that is something that, you know, I, there wasn't a lot of when, when I was growing up, it, it always, I, and I always felt like I was the one that did everything wrong. And I was the one to blame more often when I, or I, if I step back and I think, you know, as the kid, you're still trying to navigate things. I mean, your brain doesn't fully develop uh, until your mid twenties. So, you know, you need to be, remember to be the adult, (laughs) you know what I mean? Remember that they're the children and that you need to be the adult and you need to be the first one always, always, always to say, I'm sorry, especially if you want them to come back for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, if people want to find out more about you, what you're writing, what you're doing, where should they go? Best place to check me out is daviddomzowski.com. That has links to everything that I'm doing. You can also check out the Dad Devotionals podcast. I have the direct Apple podcast link at daviddomzowski.com slash podcast. And then also run the money, runthemoney.com. I want to say thank you so much for being here today, for sharing all the hints and tips and resources that you've been sharing. And I wish you all the best. Chris, thank you so much. This was fantastic. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen 
Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be